Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'lif Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So here we are, subhanAllah. Now, all the companions of the beloved Messenger of Allah, have migrated. And now it's time for the, the Prophet وسلم, to migrate. And so the Jibra'in actually comes and delivers the message to our beloved uh, Prophet وسلم, about the time of his migration, that now is the time that now you're going to migrate. And subhanAllah, him and Abu Bakr are actually going to be companions on this journey. And so preparations began in the house of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. And subhanAllah, as these preparations began, there's like some secret meetings, right? And so you can imagine that there's secret meetings happening in the house of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. And then there are also secret meetings, subhanAllah, that are happening actually with the polytheist because they are, they're aware, right, that they've, they're, they're starting to notice that the companions of the Prophet وسلم, have begun to migrate. And so as they're, they're meeting to take over their homes, literally selling their homes to other uh, Qurayshi tribes, to other people, to other tribes, like basically saying that imminent domain. And then they just, they're saying, okay, so if he, he's, most of the Muslims have, have left and they know that. And so they know it's only a handful that are remaining. Right, like now, even Omar ibn Khattab, and he openly right announces his migration that he's leaving, and so that actually, uh, you know, kind of leaves the door open where they know, okay, well, if Omar is gone, right, then who then who's going to be with him? Who's going to be, you know, standing strong? Because they were very afraid, of course, of Omar. But if they know that he's already migrated, then subhanAllah, uh, they, they're kind of saying, well, now the Prophet is, is vulnerable. And so, alhamdulillah, they, you know, the Prophet is plotting about how to protect, how to cover his migration in order for him to be safe on the journey. And they're actually now plotting for how are they going to exploit those vulnerabilities. And sure enough, they plot, they begin a plan for how they're going to basically surround his home at night and surround his home at night. And um, basically they're going to collectively assassinate the beloved messenger of Allah And so when they start to make that plan, again, the Prophet uh, is literally, you know, making plans in order to migrate. News comes, right, that the Prophet actually has some spies who overhears uh, their plots and their plans, as well as Jibra'il comes, subhanAllah, and gives uh, gives uh, some insight to the Prophet about their plans. And so when um, they be, basically, so the Prophet begins to plan on two fronts. He puts, uh, basically, as he's planning the migration, he puts Asma, who, Asma bin Abu Bakr, who is the older daughter, 
of uh, Abu Bakr. She's older than Aisha, about 21 years, subhanAllah. And so um, basically he made, they make an agreement that uh, Asma bint Abu Bakr is uh, Aisha's older sister, is going to be responsible for making sure like to bring them food when they when they leave, right? That she's gonna, you know, kind of like, and this is huge that she's making this, you know, this stance, uh, subhanAllah. And then uh, they begin to also say, okay, now how are we going to actually plan uh, the literal escape, subhanAllah. And so, uh, though, and then Abu Bakr, and he says, oh, Prophet of Allah, these are two camels. I've been preparing for this. You take one of them. The Messenger of Allah said, for its price, Abu Bakr had, had bought the two for 800 dirhams. So the Messenger of Allah took one for 400 dirhams, and it was al Qaswa. Can you imagine that, subhanAllah? We even have the names of the camel of the beloved Messenger of Allah. He was known for naming his things, his camels, his sheep, uh, even his sword, subhanAllah, had names. And so uh, just that really cute detail, mashallah. And this camel stayed with the Messenger of Allah until he died. So the Prophet and Abu Bakr, they hired Abdullah Urayqit. He was a man from Bani Adil Bakr, and uh, subhanAllah, that he was basically an android and he was an expert guide. Because usually in the desert, to be sure that you're going, subhanAllah, in the right direction, uh, that you know, to, because then you could get lost in the desert if you don't have someone who knows it very well, right? And so, especially when you're going to be hit, hide in certain caves or use those caves uh, as enclaves, as places you know, as places to, to camp out instead of in the open air. And so subhanAllah, um, he was chosen to be, he was chosen to be the guide. And uh, even though subhanAllah, um, he was not Muslim at the time, right? They entrusted him with the mission. They felt like this person was trustworthy and they entrusted him with the mission. And so that night, subhanAllah, the beloved messenger of Allah, he came back to his house, right? And he's aware, subhanAllah, he's aware of the plot of the Quraysh. And so when he returns back to his house that night, uh, they've already made an agreement that Ani ibn Abi Talib is going to take the place of the Messenger of Allah in his bed. Right. And so uh, and so when they come in to kill him, they're actually not going to find Nabi Allah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They're actually going to find Ali ibn Abi Talib. But now comes how is that going to happen? If the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he literally enters into his home. Right. And as he enters into his home, the Quraysh actually surround the home late at night. Right? And the Prophet is aware. Right? He's aware that they have uh, surrounded the home. And this becomes, subhanAllah, uh, one of the that one of the miracles of the Prophet وسلم, that Allah uh, gives him is that a miracle is a suspension of the norm. Right? A miracle is a, a suspension of what is customary norm. And sure enough, as the Prophet وسلم, prepares himself to leave, he begins to pray and he makes a dua. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places a heavy sleep upon those who are guarding, upon the polytheists who are guarding the outside of his home. Right? And as they, they, they're even sleeping, standing up, 
right? A complete sound sleep as they're standing, subhanAllah. They are just uh, completely unaware, right? To the case where the Prophet actually walks out, right? When it's clear that they have, subhanAllah, uh, that Jibra'il alayhi salam has come to their rescue, that has come to the mercy of the Prophet وسلم, answered his du'as, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends this sleep upon them, the Prophet وسلم, actually walks past them, right? And if it's, it's kind of like, the, you know, like, uh, are they able to see him? No, subhanAllah, they're not able to see him. And even to make it even further, the Prophet وسلم, puts dirt on top of one of their heads, right? In order to actually several of their heads in order for them to know that he's passed, he's gone, right? And who comes in? So the Prophet them puts dirt in their head and he passes them. And Ali ibn Abi Talib, he then comes in and lays in the bed of the Prophet covers himself and uh, pretends to sleep. The Prophet and Abu Bakr had the chance to escape, right, in the darkness of the night, and they get a good head start. They are a good distance in front of them. SubhanAllah, finally, when uh, like that, that uh, you know, effect wears off and they wake up and they, you know, they begin, of course, to question each other. They begin to, uh, you know, hilariously question each other, like, did you fall asleep on guard? Did you fall asleep? And then they realize that something ajeeb has happened. They recognize it and they, you know, they, they feel something odd on top and they realize this is subhanAllah dirt that uh, is on their head and they immediately know that this is the work of Sayyidina Muhammad that this is his handiwork and they become uh, angry, they become enraged and they just decide they're going to storm into the house. And so when they storm into the house and they tear back, uh, they tear back the sheets of the bed, subhanAllah, who do they find? They find they're thinking they're they are actually close. They bring uh draw their daggers close and their swords close because collectively they're doing close to the neck of Ali ibn Abi Talib. Uh, and other parts of this spot collectively drawing and ready to to uh you know deliver that fatal blow and they realize wait this is not Sayyidina Muhammad alayhi salam this is Ali ibn Abi Talib and they are more enraged and they literally subhanallah drag Ali ibn Abi Talib basically to like an imprisonment Right, they and they, of course, uh, assault him. But you know, when we look at this, when we look at their, you know, when the Prophet was given the pledge of Aqaba to those in Medina that we mentioned about two weeks ago, inside of that pledge was that they would give their life in defense of the Messenger of Allah And so that was not only the case for the for the Ansar, those who were in Yathrib, 
at the time. But subhanAllah, that this was, of course, also the case for those who were close to the Prophet and for the Meccans who had been with him. That Abu Bakr Siddiq has literally also pledged right his life in order to be with the Messenger of Allah and to protect him, right? And so this is also the case with Ali ibn Abi Talib that he has pledged, right? That he would defend the life of the Messenger of Allah And so with that, making also this pledge to defend the life of the Prophet like they were happy, they was, they were happily take the place of the, the Prophet and then he said out to us that I'm like Adi was ready to die, you know, just in case. But subhanAllah, they didn't actually uh kill him, but they did subhanAllah imprison him. Right? And it said that uh you know literally subhanAllah uh when they harm Ali, you know, when they take him and imprison him for an hour in the masjid, right? And then of course they went to Abu Bakr's house. So after they imprisoned him, they realized, okay, you know, they've tortured him. Where is he? Where is he? He's never going to give him up. They didn't say we're wasting our time. They go to the house of Abu Bakr Siddiq and they look for him and they realize also Abu Bakr is gone, right? And they question the people in the house. And of course, the answer is the same. Like, who are you talking about? I'm not, you know, going to deliver him into your hands. And so uh, now, while they're in this uh, search now for the Prophet, then the Prophet and Abu Bakr have, you know, escaped and they are in the cave of Thor, right? They're in Jabal Thor. And, and this, if you've ever been uh, to Mecca and seen Jabal Thor, it's, it's a good trek up the mountain. It's a good trek, subhanAllah, up the mountain. And uh, it's, you know, it's a quite a bit of like, it's very rocky right, terrain in order to reach this particular uh, cave. And the, these are where, as we know, some of the mo more, be more beautiful miracles of the Prophet said have come. So uh, now it's Abu Bakr Siddiq and the Prophet in the cave, they're hiding out. Uh, and this is Asma bin uh, Abu Bakr, the daughter of Abu Bakr actually comes. She delivers on her promise. Uh, she delivers food to them. And this is when she gets the title, the daughter of two aprons of two, because she take women at that time, they would tie like an apron to the front of their dresses. And so in order to carry the food, she took the apron in her in front of her and she ripped it in two and she put in order to tie the food in front to easily carry it out. And so alhamdulillah, uh, and this is something huge because she you know, she makes this huge sacrifice. She sacrifices her life, right? Because they would definitely harm her had she been found out, had she been, uh, you know, um, caught doing exactly what she was doing. And so she went to the, you know, she had to be very careful. She was very careful about not leaving her footsteps or her traces uh, when she went to deliver the food, subhanAllah. And so hence the Prophet and Abu Bakr are able, not only are they protected, but then also they're provided for, right? By the sacrifice of the Muslims. And uh, this, there are beautiful moments that we have, just a couple where of course the Prophet actually falls asleep 
you know, that Abu Bakr is like, he's going to, you know, stay guard, right? He's going to stay watch. Uh, and the Prophet takes his turn and he sleeps. And as he's sleeping on the thigh of Abu Bakr Siddiq, and Abu Bakr's foot is kind of, a, it's a little bit, is wedged. You know, like if you're sitting, you know, uh, like uh, crisscross styled, <laughs> we tell little kids to sit. Uh, his foot, actually, he sees that there is a, a snake hole, right? And he puts his, he wedges his foot a bit there to try to protect it so that nothing would come out of it and harm the messenger of Allah when he's sleeping. And subhanAllah, he actually, uh, a snake actually comes up through that hole and bites Abu Bakr Siddiq and, and uh, he is literally, his foot begins to swell and sweat begins to pour down the face of Abu Bakr Siddiq and, and as this sweat, right? And he never moves. He never, subhanAllah, he doesn't want to wake the messenger of Allah, he doesn't want to cause him the slightest discomfort, right? So he has taken the pain, the poison is, uh, you know, the poison is taking its effect in his body. And yet Abu Bakr Siddiq and his love for the Prophet never budges, right? He doesn't even want to disturb him in the slightest. SubhanAllah, he doesn't want to disturb his rest. The Prophet wakes up, right? And when he wakes up, he sees the state of Abu Bakr Siddiq and is like, what happened? Oh, companion of mine, what happened? And subhanAllah, um, the Prophet discovers, you know, that he has been bitten by a snake. And the Prophet begins to apply his saliva to the wound of Abu Bakr Siddiq. And this, it, it, subhanAllah, Abu Bakr Siddiq is healed, right? It is, he is healed. The other miracle, subhanAllah, happens in the cave at that moment is um, it's not long after that the polytheists, right, arrive coming. They're, they're trekking him and they trek him and, you know, to the cave. And subhanAllah, they come all the way Right, they the Abu Bakr Siddiq he can actually see them right coming and approaching, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala inspires just like He inspires the bee, He gives ilham to the bee. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala inspires uh, two animals. We know the the spider, Akabut, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala inspires it to uh, basically weave a web miraculously fast right in front of the cave before as they're approaching the spider is weaving this web in front of the uh you know in in front of the cave as well as then a bird comes and has a nest a small bird comes and puts a nest right on the edge right and so when they arrive Right, and Abu Bakr Siddiq can see their feet from where they are. And he whispers to the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yeah, 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 Nabi Allah, like they're gonna, they're gonna catch us, right? They're gonna see us, right? And it's just the two of us, like we're just alone, right? It's just me and you. 
And the Prophet says to Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, and Allah is the third, right? That Allah is with us. And so right at that moment, subhanAllah, as they're, they're questioning each other, right? That he must have gone in here. They, of course, use their basic intelligence. They look at the front of the cave. They say, no, there's a spider web here and a bird's nest, right? And based upon, of course, the normal customs, the normal way, the normal time frame, they could not have entered into this cave because uh, this web would have been broken and this nest would not have been here, right? They're using their logic. And so at that moment, they then, uh, subhanAllah, leave. And, uh, you know, they leave, subhanAllah, uh, thinking that they, you know, have, have mis, uh, mistracked, you know, that they didn't, they haven't come to the right place. And they go searching other places, subhanAllah, go searching in, in other lands. And, uh, and this is just one of the miracles, subhanAllah, of Nabiullah uh, Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam, that Allah gives him in order to protect him and Abu Bakr. Now, there's something that's so beautiful that's happening, of course, inside of this cave uh, where, you know, I recently was at an event. A doctor had given like this talk and he was explaining how that every time we exhale, we exhale something like to the 10, uh, 10 to the 220th, ex, you know, exponential power. Uh, isotopes when we exhale and then we when we inhale we inhale the same amount and so there's like this exchanging that happens uh when someone exhales and someone inhales that they're literally exhaling you know certain particles of them and the person is inhaling certain particles i mentioned that just a small little medical fact because when the prophet actually arrived in medina and people begin to see them a bit from afar at, they arrive at a, a, a farm that is uh, like actually uh, right next to what we know today as Masjid al-Quba that when they arrive the people are seeing the Prophet and Abu Bakr and they initially cannot distinguish the two of them they cannot distinguish one from the other <laughs> subhanAllah and Subhanallah, people and, and many of our scholars say because of the amount of time that Abu Bakr Siddiq spent with the Prophet وسلم, in that cave and on that journey, just him and the Prophet وسلم, alone, that Abu Bakr Siddiq from the suhbah with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and being in close uh, relate, close uh, proximity to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that he literally be, began to embrace body and to look like to uh, look like the messenger of Allah to the point that initially the companions couldn't tell them apart from a little bit of a distance subhanAllah and so uh, when they continue right and so as they're uh, since we've got to that part when the Prophet and Abu Bakr actually arrive right uh, closer to Medina there are people who have climbed uh, palm trees, tall palm trees, and they uh, spot them in the distance and they give an alert, subhanAllah, to the city, right? Like, finally, finally, we've been searching and waiting for him 
for days and they are gathered in this farm subhanallah and as the prophet and abu Bakr siddiq draw near uh there is a, basically a, a group of singers actually of young girls and uh like young girls who are singing right they're singing the the famous uh nasheed that we know of welcoming the prophet and they are just so overjoyed right to have the messenger of allah arrive in medina and of course at this moment you know they are extremely ecstatic uh on the arrival of the prophet and they're you know uh vying for who, whose house is he going to stay and he's going to stay in my house oh he's going to stay in my house and oh he's going to stay in my house and so they are literally subhanallah uh vying for uh you know the the uh, the ability to host the messenger of Allah and the prophet says basically he's he's riding his camel and he says you know let the camel choose wherever the camel stops this is actually the home that he would stay in and the the home that uh the camel stops in front of is the home of Abu Ayyub Ansari, right? Ayyub Al Ansari, sorry, Ayyub Al Ansari. And subhanAllah, he's a, a very famous companion of the Prophet that's actually, uh, you know, the um, that is buried in Turkey, that is buried in Istanbul and has a famous maqam in Istanbul, subhanAllah. And so uh, the camel lands at the home of Ayyub al-Ansari, and he is overjoyed, right? And uh, Ayyub al-Ansari, he has a two-level uh, home, right? And so they have, you know, they prepare the upper, uh, you know, basically upstairs, quarters for the prophet them to be able to stay and they you know so they when they invite the prophet they say please you know stay in the upper room and the prophet them wants to insist to stay downstairs because he says well you know people will come visit me and i don't want to have to you know for them to have to disturb through your house to go upstairs so i think it's better that i stay downstairs and so subhanallah uh alhamdulillah <laughs> and so uh the Prophet them, you know, insists, like, it's better for me to stay downstairs. So they agree, right? They agree. The Prophet will stay downstairs. But what happens is that when Ayyub al-Ansari is upstairs in his home, he and his wife, are they cannot bear or, or fathom the fact of them what being above the messenger of Allah or walking above his head. Right? This is their adab, like their 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 you know haiba in front of the messenger of Allah. They're too shy to even feel like I'm walking above his head. So they used to actually walk on the uh, outskirts of the room. Right, they used to walk on the outskirts of the room, and if they wanted to get something in the room that was in the middle, they would actually lay down flat on their stomachs and reach and get what they needed and come back. Right? And so, eventually, they said to the Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, uh, this is getting challenging for us. Right, then we're not, we can't bear uh, the thought of us being above you, we can't walk you know, with our feet, we're, you know, above you, Ya Rasulullah. And this is what we've been doing. We've been walking on the edges of the room. And SubhanAllah, the Messenger of Allah, and at that point, 
realizes the hardship, subhanAllah, because of this intense love that they have for the Messenger of Allah, because of this, you know, just intense respect and awe for him that they can't even bear to, uh, you know, even though there's the barrier of the floor and the ceiling, that they just cannot bear the thought of being above him. And so because of that, the Prophet honors them and then takes uh, the upper room. And subhanAllah, it is for, it's months that he stays in the home of Ayub and Ansari. And during that time, as we know that, you know, people always ask, well, what's the first thing that the Prophet did when he entered into Medina? Well, the first thing in his in his talk, right, when he first greets the people at that moment of Ta'ala and he greets the people, he gives them the narration, right, where he says, you know, give each other salam. Right? That's the first thing, that you greet each other with that dua. Assalamu alaikum. May Allah's peace be upon you. Right? Assalamu alaikum. Greet each other and return it in the best way. And then the Prophet tells them, and feed people, right? Feed people. And as he, you know, gives this advice, uh, you know, there's a, a, a Jewish man, Abdullah, who was actually standing. And because they were, you know, there were uh, people who were Muslim as well, some of the Jewish tribes, uh, some of the representatives of the Jewish tribes also came to see who is this new person that's about to come uh, and be the leader of this city that the that all the tribes have come together the tribes of the muslims who are the majority have come together uh, to elect this person now as the leader of medina and so subhanallah he and recognizing right when he sees the messenger of allah and he said even though he's jewish oh that's the event uh here uh he even though he's jewish he immediately recognizes the nur, the the radiance and the light from the Prophet This is this is not the face of a liar. Right? This is not the this is no way this man is a liar. He speaks the truth, right? And Islam, he claims that Islam began to enter into his heart from that moment, right? He began to recognize the Messenger of Allah And uh, so this is the first thing: spread the salam right and feed people like build this brotherhood right by praying for each other even that and then uh don't pass each other and not acknowledge each other and then uh make sure that you feed each other and subhanallah the the ansar those who were uh in medina were so generous right with the muhajireen they were so they shared literally uh you know, they shared everything with them, like their home, their food, you know, everything, uh, even to the point that there was at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the hijrah, even that the muhajirin, those who came from um, Mecca could even inherit, right? They could even inherit from, uh, from the Ansar, subhanAllah. That was like how close they were building their brotherhood, right? That they felt a deep sense of responsibility about each other from the very beginning. And so uh, we know that the first thing he established was Masjid al-Quba, uh, but Masjid al-Quba took seven months to build. And in between the time that Masjid al-Quba uh, is being built, the Prophet وسلم, is really building the brotherhood and the sisterhood, the suhba, right, uh, of, of that community, really building their trust and their love and their uh, interdependence upon each other. He pairs 
one one person with this person, this person with that person, uh, like basically for based upon skill, right? That someone, okay, you're excellent at this in business. So you would have this apprentice, you're excellent at this in farming. You would take on this apprentice uh, that they would also connect them upon skill and things like that, but which is needed to build that community, right? So that the Ansar and the Muhajireen began to say, this is how we come together with our skills and our resources in order to build a new community. And so this begins the, the type of the suhba that, that turns yathrib, right? As the famous uh, Nasheed singer Nader Khan says, that turns yathrib into tayba, right? Because yathrib means that which is, is, uh, is rocky, it's, it's tough, right? It's difficult and turns it into tayba, which is like that beautiful, uh, that beautiful, place right turns it into Medina to Manawara the city of 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 light the city of radiance from the Prophet so inshallah we'll we'll end there but inshallah we'll close out in dua Oh Allah, we thank you so much for our beloved messenger of Allah in his way. We thank you for the peace that he taught us to, to instill in our own lives. We thank you for how what he taught us about you, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Oh Allah, we thank you for our beloved messenger of Allah who taught us about suhba and companionship and having good character and how to build community, Ya Rabbi. Allow us to follow in his footsteps with excellence. Allow us to implement his qualities and to implement his teachings in a way that we may find happiness in this dunya or the akhirah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilana ant. Astaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'leefcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.